When it comes to mother-in-laws, I hit the jackpot with Bonnie Quigley. I have learned so much from her, and lucky for you, you get to too. Grandma Bibi, as the kids call her, is in the studio today and sharing her words of wisdom as a seasoned veteran mother and also her tips for raising well-mannered and delightful children, which, especially at this time of year, as we gather with friends and family and share meals together, isn't that what we want? Well, stay tuned. You are going to love her. Are you looking for real-life, tried-and-true tips and tricks to help with all the nitty-gritty stuff of mom life? Well, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Mom Force. When I was 18 years old, my darling boyfriend invited this Florida girl to go skiing with his family. And that day in Park City ended with me and a broken leg. (laughs) But thankfully, the most angelic mother, who is now my mother-in-law, was there to take care of me. And today, she's here in the studio. Please welcome my mother-in-law, Bonnie Quigley. Oh, Vanessa, I remember that day so clearly, and I'm thinking, what was Nathan thinking? What was he thinking? To bring a Florida girl, and then to go down Waterfall, which none of us ever go down anyway. It's steep and always nice. It's a junkie run. Yeah, it's a mess. But you know what? I'm glad you stuck it out with him because I love you dearly. Oh, thank you. Well, that was a very horrifying experience for me <laughs> to to end your family ski trip in the ER. But you took such amazing care of me throughout that whole thing. And I knew I was in. I was all in. I was going to keep this boy no matter what. And thank you. And we are thrilled. Oh, you're so sweet. And you know, V, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about as we talk about daughters and sons who join our families. I really think the only way we can think of them is as they are our daughters and our sons, even though we didn't give birth to them. We kind of got, I have three extras I didn't give birth to. (laughs) I've not been the best mother-in-law always. I'm glad I maybe exceeded your expectations that day, but I think the only way to add extra children to our family is to try to do our very best in accepting them. I have to say, you are the dreamiest mother-in-law that I I could have never asked for better. You've been amazing. You, from that day with my broken leg and all through my recovery, you sent me packages, including a little flannel blanket that I used to sleep with. But I really appreciated how deliberate you were in helping Nate and I get on our own feet. Once we got married, you gave us the space that we needed. And I remember Nate had weekly phone calls with his mom and dad before he was married. And after we got married, a couple weeks went by and Nate was like, I think my mom's mad at me (laughs) because they didn't call. (laughs) And it was then that I realized they were giving us the space that we needed to cleave unto each other and start this life together. Exactly. That was so important. My mother told me as we packed our little Ford Falcon that had a dent in the front fender that we had paid $250 for as we drove away from my mother's driveway going back to Utah State to continue our sophomore year. She said, okay, he's your man and you are now out of this home. You, wow. you have responsibilities to him first, always. Don't ever come back to me with a problem about him mm. because you've got to work it out with him. 
and she, boy, she kind of booted me out the door, and I went out that front door and heard the lock click. Oh, boy. And I was in <laughs> tears by the time I'd walked the 25 yeah. feet to the car. Well, Nate was in tears two weeks into our marriage because he wasn't getting his phone call from his mother, <laughs> but it's what we need. It's what young couples need. Of course, they need the support of families, but way back. Hopefully we've done that correctly. You have. And you know what? You've also supported us through all of our wild and crazy ideas. Like when we had your first grandbaby and we announced we were moving to Paris. You didn't tell us we couldn't do that. Taking a two-week-old baby on a jet airplane to Paris. We did it. You did it. And you didn't say a word. And thank you. Because that was such an amazing experience for us. We didn't know what we were doing. That's okay. You're not supposed (laughs) to. We figured it out. Yes. And you also have been so respectful of our differences. I'm the oldest of 12 kids. Nate's the oldest of three. We had very different experiences growing up. You and I are very different, but we're complementary. And I've always felt appreciated and respected. And that means a lot to me. Basically, Vanessa, we know you love our son. How can we not love you in return? Thank you, dear. Okay, wiping the tears away. So not only is she an incredible mother-in-law, but I've also learned a thing or two from you about the care and handling of husbands. Please tell our listeners what it means to ooh and ah. Oh, you have to be the best cheerleader ever. You have to ooh and ah. At everything. Like, they clean out the garage. Ooh, man, uh, I have never seen such a bright and shiny garage. Thank you so much. It was such a mess, and I'm so grateful that you did that for our family. Isn't she amazing? How about that? How about that? <laughs> Sometimes I've thought to myself, I'm never going to be able to live up to Bonnie's ooing oh, and awing. Absolutely. I, but I know he needs it. And you've modeled that for me. And it is now in my arsenal, in my toolkit of where I need to let my husband know that he's recognized and noticed and appreciated. Other things about Bonnie, she is a very accomplished pianist. Dare I say a concert pianist? You can oh, play oh, in no, any no. concert hall. No, yes. no, 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 no. But I do love to play. And that was one of the things that was big in my home. My grandmother taught me to play when I was started at piano lessons at six. I had to make sure that Back then, I think it was 30 minutes a day, even as a little six or seven-year-old. And then I changed piano teachers when I outgrew my grandmother. And I went to Mrs. Nielsen in Fillmore, Utah, who was a lovely southern lady with these big, beautiful, expressive hands. And she had a baby grand piano, a black baby grand Mm -hmm. piano. But she taught me lovely, lovely music and was an excellent teacher. But then it was up to two hours per day, Mm -hmm. six days a week. And mom had to be in the home listening to my two hours of practice. It wasn't something I could do when she was out of the home. It was very strictly enforced. And I remind um, Declan of that. I require 20 minutes from him. That's (laughs) okay. And he gives me a hard time sometimes. And I'm like, Grandma BB, practice two hours a day. But you're a wonderful pianist. You're a fabulous skier. You are so fit and strong and an award-winning quilter. Oh, uh, if you yes, I do have blue ribbons from the Summit County Fair. I know. I'm serious. Yeah. Award winning. Yeah, she right. is very tense. She has the most amazing quilting room, <laughs> and so many other gifts and talents. Uh, beekeeping. We cannot forget beekeeping. Last night, actually, Jim and her husband Jim and Bonnie brought all of their bees, all thirty five thousand of their bees from. Park City to our home, <laughs> which is really be wintering only, with only us. One hive. I mean, there's <laughs> lots of bees in that hive. That's a lot of bees. So we're going to be babysitting the hibernating bees. And we're grateful. Well, I have a few questions for you from our Mom Force Facebook group. But first, can you tell us a little about how you were raised? 
Like, I just want to try to crack the code to how you became one of the most hardworking, poised, and put-together women I know. Well, I was raised in a home with a single mom. My dad passed away when I was only seven. My older brother and sister were 15 and 16, and my mom was 38. My older brother and sister sort of went off to college before I even realized that there were older siblings in the home. I mean, I thought everything was all about me. And then my mom was a working mom. But my mom was always in teaching mode, whether we were working out in the yard. And of course, my mom did all her own yard work. but And had a fabulous garden. We had a beautiful yard. But it was a teach. She was always teaching me how to take care of the plants and what to plant when and how to make sure that the lawn was mowed exactly like she wanted it to be mowed. We made our, all of our own clothing. I was raised in Fillmore, Utah. Not a lot of fashion dress shops in Fillmore, Utah. Mm-hmm. Plus, we were humble financially. My mom was a wonderful seamstress. She'd learned tailoring in college. And so, of course, she, well, that's what we did back in the 60s, too, was we made our clothing. Mm-hmm. My mom made all of her yeah. own clothing, too. Yeah. And then my mother would make meals, and I would be in there learning to cook and bake with her. We'd sit down. The table had to be set with napkins folded and the drinking cup, you know, right in the right place and the forks and knives. And then we would sit and have our meal, and she would talk about, okay, now this is how you hold the knife. This is how you hold the fork. Just my mom and I, and, you know, we could have been cavemen with our fork and knife. Yeah. But mom taught me polite table etiquette at the same time, also talking about don't be a silly girl always laughing and giggling all the time. Have something of meaning to discuss. So I would bring table discussion. We were big readers. My mother was an excellent reader. I became a very good reader as I was a young girl. And still are. All of that, I think, played into this opportunity to learn while I was in my mom's home. Now, I was only one child with one adult. So it's different than if you have a busy little family happening all around you. I just love hearing how deliberate your mother was in teaching you. Like Granny Goose knew what she was doing. (laughs) Which that nickname, where did that come from, Granny Goose? Granny Goose comes from Nate. He walked around the patio one day and said, Granny Goose, and I think he was maybe 11 or 12 years old. It stuck. So all of the children learned to refer to their grandmother, my mother, as Granny Goose. And then sometimes the granny was even dropped. Yeah, just the and goose. it was the goose. <laughs> well, even my children that never had a chance to meet her, she yeah. passed away before um, Declan was even born. Yeah. He knows stories of the goose and will refer to her often. <laughs> well, and you are also a grandmother. You have 14 grandchildren and you've been a mother for 47 years. So you are more than qualified to help those of us in the thick of raising little ones. You know, when I mentioned on the Mom Force Facebook group that I was going to start interviewing guests for the podcast, we got replies like this one from Mallory. She's, I love some tried and true advice from a seasoned veteran. That would be you. Um, it would be super interesting to have moms with awesome adult kids. Again, that is you, Bonnie. Amazing adult kids. Please have them spill what they have learned. Now, you have amazing, accomplished children. I like to think so. (laughs) Nate, your oldest son, Nate, is our CEO and my husband, father of seven kids. And Katie, a master's in American heritage and history, and she's a leader in her community. She's incredible, an avid reader, like one of the smartest people I know. Next to Morgan, your youngest son, who is a robotics mastermind, like changing the world. 
So how? How would you coach us as we're trying to raise amazing, accomplished children? Well, first of all, any mother who gives birth to a child should look at that child and say, okay, you are amazing. You don't have to be the CEO of a company. You don't have to be an engineer. You don't have to be a leader in your community. But every child that is in a family is wonderful. Back when our children were young, I don't know that everybody got uh, a cup at the end of soccer and, you a know. A trophy and a gold and, star. Yes, and, you know, all of those things. And so I think every child has to know that they are their your favorite. They are loved beyond anything else. They always have a safe place in your heart and in your home. And maybe that's what our kids felt. And so they felt like they could fail if they sometimes when they did fail, but they could still come home to mom and dad and be loved. But you can love them without babying them. I mean, you were kind of tough. I was tough. <laughs> like you're like Remember, the goose. <laughs> my, my mother was tough. Yes. So yes, you have to face the facts that everybody's not going to be, you know, the first man on the moon. Everybody has to feel loved beyond anything else. And Jim's mom and dad were really, really good at that. I think my mom was a little bit less than letting me know that she loved me beyond anything else. So I was grateful that I got some of that love from my mother-in-law, Audrey Quigley. Anyway, kids need to know that they are loved beyond anything else, and they have a spot in your heart. Yeah, well, I know that that meant a lot and still does mean a lot to Nate. And to this day, he wants to make his mom proud. He has, definitely. (laughs) He has. (laughs) Well, we have another question from Angie. She says, I'd like to see you interview a grandmother to see how raising children has changed and how it stayed the same. How are the challenges different now as opposed to then? The short answer is things haven't changed from when I was raising children. You still have to keep them safe and fed and clean and loved. But you mothers today have a lot of outside influences that I didn't have. And truly, the outside influences are things you do have to battle hard, best you can. Because what you're going to share with your family is far better than what anybody else is going to share with them. Well, when they say it takes a village, though. Pick your village members very carefully. (laughs) Don't just let them stream in through cable and internet willy-nilly. Pick them very carefully. Yeah. Very carefully. That's really but yes, advice. it takes a village. It takes great teachers. It takes teachers in your faith. It takes teachers in your school. You just need to be active, as active as you possibly can to know where they're coming from and what they're teaching and who your children are hanging out with. Pick your village members very carefully. And when you have a busy little family, that's hard, moms. Yeah. But may I introduce my favorite quote Yes. Right now. It's the A.A. Milne quote, you are braver than you believe, you are stronger than you seem, and you are smarter than you think. Moms and dads, you are braver, smarter, bigger, better, stronger, faster. You know what? I think every time I've read that quote, I've thought of it through a child's eyes. This is the first time I've ever thought of that as a mother. 
Oh, I need memorize to, it, Moss. I need to have that in my house. Put it on your wall. Print it out. You, I know you're very. We you, will link that in our show notes. There you go. <laughs> Looking back, do you ever, do you ever think, oh, I wish I had done this differently? Or are there no regrets? Oh, doesn't everybody have a few regrets? My mother came from a very organized house. And again, I was raised as a single child. And so my mom's house was very clean and neat. And so when I got my first house and had a sweet little baby and was going to school, and my husband was going to school, I wanted to make sure that, you know, the laundry was done. And, and I had something in the fridge to come home to for food. And so all of those busy, busy, silly little things. So I should have held my babies more. Mm. I should have sung to my babies. I should have put them in the stroller and walked with them and let the laundry pile up a day or two. But you know what? You cannot go back. Moms, again, you are <laughs> you are braver, stronger, smarter than you think you are. Is there anything that you see moms doing now that you or the goose would not approve of? <laughs> Any guidance there? My mother would say that kids are probably involved in too many things. Yeah, my mother says that. Okay. My mother would probably say they could get on their bike and ride someplace, get themselves someplace. You probably don't have to drive them. Then I think another thing my mother would say that we need to do more of is teach our kids to work. Kids have to have a responsibility inside, underneath their roof. And you moms know this already. I feel like I'm preaching to the choir. No, but on these it's such things. a good reminder. Kids need to learn how to work. They feel better about themselves. They know that they commit and are, are a part of this family that cannot do what they need to do unless they do their job. And I know for Nate, it was Saturday work days. Saturday work, usually Saturday work mornings. Things did have to happen in the afternoon. And then when Nate got into high school and was playing football on Saturday morning, he tended to get out of Saturday work days. Are you serious? Because he would swear that every single Saturday. Well, the Saturdays in the winter and the spring mm-hmm. and the summer, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, so, but yeah, quickly Saturday work morning, <laughs> we still are very proud of. Even our kids will go to visit you in Park City and there's always some work to do. Oh, and absolutely. I'm more than happy for them to yeah. get in, get in their work. So, Good. well, there are things that are the same and should be the same. There are lots of things that are different, though. One thing that I think is really different is it's a more casual time. I imagine that Granny Goose set a table for every meal and that you never used paper plates. Never. <laughs> okay, I was right. I remember when I came to visit you after our freshman year, because I met mm-hmm. Nate our yes. freshman year of college. June of 1991. Yes, and... We came down for breakfast, and the table was set with – wait, this is breakfast, mind you – with placemats, cloth napkins. You know how on the cereal box as kids, there was always the bowl of cereal. There was a cup of milk and a cup of juice and flowers and everything. I used to look at this cereal box and be like, what fairy tale people <laughs> eat breakfast like this? Well, the Quigleys did. Every meal I had with them, the table was set impeccably – Everything was served graciously. Hot food was hot. Cold food was cold. And I was, I mean, I was sold. If I hadn't been sold already, I was like, yes, I want this in my life. You know, my house is a little bit different. There were 12 kids. We ate uh, a lot of our meals off paper plates. Sunday was different. We always had 
other people over for dinner on Sunday. There was always a nice meal set with real plates. And my mom was very good about enforcing table manners because we often did have guests in our home. I definitely remember no smacking. And the kids would always monitor each other and be like, no smacking. He's smacking. Stop smacking. No smacking. (laughs) And no talking with your mouth full and keep your elbows off the tables. Those are the three things that like instantly pop in my mind when I think about good table manners. It is a different time. It is a little more casual, but manners, especially gracious and proper manners, that never goes out of style. It never goes out of style. It shouldn't go out of style. (laughs) It it never goes out of style. And at some point in time, your children are going to leave your home. You want them to succeed. And, you know, having proper table manners will probably not make or break, you know, between two people who are being chosen for CEO of the next super company. Well, it might, though. But (laughs) it might. And your mother, thankfully, she taught you the way she did because Jim, your husband, was global CEO of Deloitte, traveled the world, you as his companion, and you were dining with heads of state. You had a spotlight on you. I was so grateful for my mother's training as a young girl in Fillmore, Utah. Yep. Now, who knew? Not the that, most cosmopolitan who knew place. That I would in marry the world. this boy from Kanosh, Utah. Which, by the way, we didn't mention this earlier, but they met when they were children. They were high school sweethearts. It's one of those stories. Oh, it's one of those. <laughs> it's a great story, boys and girls that are listening to this. <laughs> but who knew back then? But I was so grateful for my mother's teaching at that time. And I might have, by the time I was 14 and 15 and asked to make sure that there was a tablecloth that was freshly pressed and ironed and it was on the table or placemats and everything was on, I might have been rolling my eyes a little bit. But it took me about, I don't know, three weeks after I left my mom's house and went to college and was around other people that hadn't been raised in my mother's home Mm -hmm. that I was so grateful for her stamina to continually be a teacher in my home, in our, in her home. Excuse me. It was her home. I was a, I was <laughs> a child in her home, yes. which is an important thing. Good for children to know. It is not their home. I mean, it's their parents' home, and they are, they have the privilege of living in that home with their parents. I just think <laughs> if your children know how to comport themselves, it gives just one more step on the feeling of, okay, I'm going into a different situation, but I'm prepared for it mm-hmm. I because I had some training. And so I, I feel strong. I can stand up straight. I can hold my head up, and I can do this. Oh, that is all so good. See, that's what I want for my kids, that kind of confidence. I needed to hear that. Okay, now, Bonnie, in the spirit of arming our children with the tools they need for success, what do you hope to see from your grandchildren when it comes to manners? Like, what are Grandma Beebe's golden rules? Okay, for, well, first of all, before we even just get talking about manners, I'm hoping that every grandchild that comes into my house feels the love that their Beebe and Pop-Pop have for them. Again, if they don't feel that, then... I don't blame them for cluing out sometimes, you know, for just being a zombie at my house. No. if they, But if they feel my love. They do. And if they feel that I respect them as this perfect little child that has come to earth to be as an extension of our family, then I'm hoping that they will also listen to me when I have a few things to say to them. They do 
feel that love okay. and they do listen and there have been many conversations in our home about the things that BB has taught them. So please share with our audience your golden nuggets of wisdom. Okay. Here are Grandma BB's golden nuggets, I guess you could say. <laughs> I don't know. They're just golden rules. I they're, feel like they're the rules to live they're by. They're little things that I would hope that my grandchildren can learn from me secondary after their parents have helped them. Be nice mm-hmm. when you come into our home because you're leaving your space and coming into our space. And we would hope that you would respect anybody who else might be in our space. So what does that mean, be nice? What does that look like? That means looking at them, mm-hmm. saying hello, coming right up and giving them a big hug, which I'm so grateful for. You know, there's been great scientific, I don't know how scientific it is, but there's been great talk lately about eight hugs a day for eight seconds each. Yes, that's true. Okay, there we go. (laughs) I believe it too. I love to get hugs from my grandchildren. I just think people need to be acknowledged. When, When somebody walks into a room, you like to be acknowledged. And so I think we need to teach our children that they may be doing other things, but if somebody else comes in, They need to make sure that they acknowledge and respect that person that comes in. I love that. All right. That's a great tip. Okay. My number two is stand up straight. Standing up straight gives me the feeling that you are here to be counted. You're here to do something. And you know what? Even in that instant that you're standing up straight, maybe you are buoying yourself up. Okay, I can do this. I can go into a meeting, I can give a lesson, I can go into a new experience. And just by the fact I am standing up straight, I'm giving myself some confidence to take that next step. I really think that is something that kids need to be really encouraged to do. Well, I believe in faking it until you make it. We talk about that a lot on the podcast. And I feel that too. If I can just stand up and put my shoulders back. And thank you for reminding my children quite often to stand up straight. Because I think they get tired of hearing it from me. (laughs) That's your village. My next one is learn proper grammar. I'm not quite sure we teach as much grammar now as we did when I was in school. But I do hear my lovely, bright, exquisite grandchildren frequently say, me and some, you know, whatever, the fill in the name, are going to go ice skating, or me and whoever it is just got off the mountain, or me and somebody are going to go get dinner. Mm -hmm. It's never me and. So that correction has been made with my children many, many times, and they still keep making the mistake. I corrected my (laughs) wonderful son. 15 minutes before we started Just this now pod- when you got here? This podcast. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's a hard habit to break. Okay, so good grammar. Okay, when you're in my home, you're in my space, and I kind of like my space organized. Yes, so she does. Learn, it's immaculate. Learn to take. <laughs> it's not always immaculate. Learn to take care of your shoes, especially when you're coming in the front door. Don't leave them right in the front hallway for someone else to trip over. You know, just move them to the side. Put them together. Move them to the side. There's always a place to hang your jackets, book bags, all of those things. Don't just drop them when you come in the door. And this should be your practice wherever you go. If you go to a neighbor's house, if you go to your aunt's house, if you go to your grandmother's house, take care of your personal items. It doesn't take very long. It's easier to just hang it on the hook than it is to drop it because then you have to bend over and pick it up. There you go. I am teaching that to my children. I promise you. I know you are. <laughs> it's just that is a hard one, I think, sometimes to, to drill in. But it's that consistency. 
We're just going to keep at it. That you go. You may feel like you are broken record, but you are not. The next one I put on my list, and we've all heard it, but make your bed, have that success first thing in the morning. I especially would love for my grandchildren when they come to play at my, stay at my house, to make their beds before they leave their bedroom. And it always shocks me when they go off playing without making their bed because you are very consistent in that guidance. (laughs) Here's my next one. Send me thank you notes. Yes. Handwritten through the mail with a stamp on it. Those kind of thank you notes. That old school kind of note? Yeah, those old school things. (laughs) And guess what? I'll send you thank you notes back. My next one is please say please and thank you. Many times when you're at my house or at even... You know, in your own homes, please and thank you, never go out of style, especially when you're out of your own home. Or maybe not especially, but when you're out of your own home. I read something too. recently that the more devices like Google Home and Amazon Alexa are becoming prevalent in homes, it's reinforcing unmannered speech because you don't say, please, Alexa. You say, hey, Google or Alexa, do this. And so kids are barking orders. They're being trained. But I read that you can actually program your Alexa to respond to, please, Alexa, <laughs> I'm going to find that. that. I'll find that hack, and I'll put that in the show notes, too. That's I great. thought that was really interesting, a way that times yeah. have changed. Where things because are a little my bit name different. is not Alexa. My name is Bibi. <laughs> please, Bibi. Thank you, Bibi. I love it. Here's one. When you bring friends to my home, I'd love to be introduced correctly to your friends. You speak to me first. You say, Bibi, I'd like to introduce my friend, John. And then you turn to John and say, John, this is my grandmother, Bibi. So we, me as an elder, always gets first billing. And I would love to know the names of your friends, especially if they're coming into my home or if I'm putting them in my car to go skiing. I'd love to know their names, but I'd love to be introduced to them properly. And this will carry on with you throughout your entire happy life. Learn to introduce yourself correctly. That is really so good. Okay. And this is the last one. Look me in the eye when you speak to me. And speak clearly. You know, as we age a little bit, sometimes our hearing is not exactly like we would love it to be. But I would love for you to look me directly in the eye and speak to me. It exudes confidence. It does. And respect. I have a few kids who speak so fast. Yes. Like, yes. I, we really have a hard time understanding them. How, how do we get them to slow down? I just have to ask. I say, okay, can you say that a little slower? Can you say that just one more time for me? And okay. I'll listen really carefully. Okay. Then my final final is <laughs> when you have an opportunity to shake hands with someone, give them a shake. No, you know, floppy hands or no just barely squeezing. Mm-hmm. I want to feel your hand. Even for the young women. Oh, right? absolutely. Because um, I need you to work with Isabel on this. I will love She I gives love me to. the softest, limpest little hand. And I'm like, and she's a tough girl. She you know is she a is. Very tough girl. I don't know why she presents herself that way, but we're gonna we're gonna work on Isabel on that one. Will you just give us a few of your table manners, like your must do's that you as a grandmother, if you're sitting, you actually will be sitting at our Thanksgiving dinner table. Yes, I will. And as you look around at your Grandchildren, what are the things you are going to be looking for in a well-mannered child? Well, they first of all, they can help. And there should be, as a mom, as a busy mom trying to get a meal on, have things that you can ask your children to do. They can always clear the table. They can always set the table, do a placemats, or you don't have to be that formal, I realize, but make sure that 
They know how to put a plate down, knives, forks, spoons, Mm -hmm. glass, salt and peppers, um, jam maybe, butter, bowl, uh, get a basket out for bread or whatever. Even younger children can do that. Maybe not toddlers, of course, but you know, yeah. five and six, seven years. No, I love the idea of getting them involved. And then ELDER. Nate always refers to mm-hmm. the acronym ELDER. Yep. Eat, left, eat left, drink, drink right. right. So eat left means if you're at a big fancy restaurant, you won't find a bread plate very often at my house. But mm-hmm. if you have a bread plate, you eat from that roll that is on your left-hand side. Eat left. You drink from the cup that is on your right-hand side. Yep. That's ELDER. Eat left, drink Right. Well, just the other day we were at a restaurant and I reached over to get the frosty diet coke with the lime in it and it's like, that's mine. Elder. <laughs> he reminded me. So, thank you for drilling that into his head. That's a handy way to remember. Any other table? Well, I love for, you know, frequently when we have as you know, when we have 20 of us and lots of other families have 20, we have a buffet. We always like our young women to go first. But that means the women might be sitting at the table before all of the men get in. Ladies, don't, so, don't think as soon as you finish your plate, you can bound up and be off to the next event. You need to sit and relax and enjoy everybody that's come to the table. There is a reason we sit at a table and have food. It's really an important part of who, who we are as humans. We don't kill something out in the woods and snack what we want to and then run off like wild animals do. That's what wild animals do. (laughs) That's not what humans do. We don't dine and dash. There you go. Right. Even though that's a clever thing to say, but humans... At least humans in my family, I like them to sit at the table. Yes, that's something that I remember learning from you and and hearing you reinforce with my kids is that you know, I don't care if you're done eating. You, I would like to enjoy your company here. And Would you like to go get a second helping of anything yeah. and come back? But please stay with us. It's not just about the food. It's about the conversation exactly. and about being together. Right. It's learning while you're at the table. There's that, you know, my mom just always was teaching. And there's just so much learning that can go on at the table. I love that. We love you. We adore you. Before we let you go, though, mm-hmm. another question that comes up in our Mom Force Facebook group, especially this time of year, as everyone's trying to plan what they're going to buy for their loved ones, everyone seems stumped on what to buy and give their mother-in-law. I don't know why it's so hard because I think you are absolutely so easy to gift for. But I thought Hopefully maybe <laughs> you'll get my oohs and ahs at the end of you anything. You are an amazing ooh and ah. So maybe that's why I feel so confident. You've always made me feel so great. But I thought maybe you could share with us what are some of the favorite gifts you have received? Okay, well, think about this. Let's turn the question around. At some point in your life, I hope you have the opportunity to be a mother-in-law. And Vanessa, mm-hmm. already you're there. So it'll be my first Christmas as a mother-in-law. <laughs> so if you're questioning what to give your mother-in-law, Think down the road a few years and think, what would you like to receive in return? I like to receive gifts that I feel like has had, you know, maybe three minutes of thought given to. <laughs> now, three minutes <laughs> That's doesn't a pretty sound... pretty low threshold. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't have to be a thing. It's I, the thought that counts. Is it, that what you're trying course, to say? <laughs> of course. So don't get all worked up on what's going to be the perfect gift. Anything is going to be the perfect gift if your mother-in-law feels like it came with a little bit of thought behind it. But you do have 
a favorite gift, right? I have. <laughs> I have actually. I have a whole, whole shelf, series of them. A whole shelf full of favorite gifts. I'm telling you, when you get to be my age, memories are your favorite gift. Having a favorite gift come in the form of a book is or even a chat book. A, yeah, a chat. <laughs> that's what is. I, that's what I meant to say. It was a chat book is the very favorite thing. Nothing says it like photos. Well, lucky you. You get a chat book. But, Perfect. <laughs> for every holiday. <laughs> Actually, I've, I've had lots more than chat books too, but my my son that I did not give birth to sends me great cards with lots of handwriting on them. It's Aww. not just signing his name, but he writes lovely thoughts down in his penmanship. He's a doctor, so sometimes I can read it. Sometimes it takes <laughs> me two or three times. A card expressing your memories also works great. Yeah. I was telling Nate, that's what I want. Like, what do you want for your birthday? I just want you to write me a note. Just the words are so powerful, and we don't hear them that often. My good husband is really good about sending me letters at my pillow at night. Really? Mm -hmm. (gasps) On birthdays, anniversaries, Mother's Day. They are folded and tucked into an envelope with my name scrawled on the outside. Mm. Yeah, I've got a whole packet of them. Well, you have sent me some nice notes and letters through the years, and I've saved all of them. I have a special oh. file with uh, with my Bonnie notes. Oh, and you are holding right here a file of your own. What are these? Well, just one small file. I ha- I think I have probably an entire metal filing cabinet drawer of things that have been sent to me over the years from friends, of course, friends, but grandsons, granddaughters, Aww. daughters that I didn't give birth to, Um Daughters that I did I recognize give birth this to. handwriting. That's, that's from Nate. Happy late birthday, classic. That's quite <laughs> all right. This, this at my stage of life, means more than anything else. Aww. This and my photos and my chat books. Well, so, so daughters worrying about your mother-in-laws. First of all, she's just a real person, and she just wants to make sure that you're happy, that you consistently love her son or her daughter, that means more than anything. So well, it's, good luck, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, and it has been a privilege loving your son. He's oh. amazing. We have such an amazing life together. And I do, but you do. Count you myself both, very you lucky. You both work hard. It is so important that you love each other. It's for this next generation that are coming up, that you want to be strong more than anything else. You have to love each other and you have to show that love for each other. Kids see it, they hear it, they feel it in the home more than anything else. And you do have a huge, not only a responsibility, but a huge direct influence over your children day after day after day after day. Again, that is another thing you have modeled for us. Every time I hear you refer to your husband as Jimmy in that cute little (laughs) nickname, I love it. It just makes me feel so happy. I know you two adore each other. 48 years last week. Oh, my, my goodness. Dear. We got to start planning the 50th. Oh, yeah. We got to do something big. Yeah. <laughs> so much good stuff here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys, we are going to link in the show notes Grandma Bibi's golden rules so you can refer back to her guidelines. I also think I want to put in a photo of the bees. Okay. There'll be a smattering, a variety of photos oh, so you can well, get a, okay. a glimpse Great. at this glamorous grandma of yeah. ours. 
Uh, and yeah, not in my bee suit, I am not. <laughs> I'll post a picture of Nate and Jim in the bee there suits you go. from oh, last yeah. night. The astronauts. Yeah. As they were as they were unloading the bees. All right, this has been a delight. You are the best. I love you forever and ever. Very sweet of you to ask me, Vanessa. Thank you Moms, for sharing. Moms, remember, you're braver, stronger, smarter than you think you are. Yep, and we'll have a copy of that in the show notes as well. Great. All right, guys, see you next time. Thank you so much for being here with us. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and let us know what you think. Also, check out the show notes for links to the things we talked about. And you can find a special chapbooks discount code. All right, we'll see you next week.